listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello! Welcome to the Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. It's good to see you again. It was only last week when we last met and I told you all about my adventures in Florida. And now I've been back home for a week and I've already seen quite a lot of bald eagles. And, oh, I forgot to say, it's Deborah Wolf hosting Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. That's me. So I've already seen a lot of bald eagles. In fact, two and three in a tree. My record on that was 17 in one tree once. Big tree. 17 eagles all in the same tree. Some of them babies, some of them adults. You can tell by their feathers. The adults are like you'd think with the white head and you know, the black body, yellow beak, yellow feet, white around their ankles. But the, uh, the juveniles, the younger ones, almost look like a blue healer, if you know what that looks like, or a blue merle collie. Okay, some of you are going, what is she talking about? <laughs> what dog have I ever seen that was blue? So I'll describe it to you. It's sort of maybe like an owl. Oh, okay, and most of you haven't seen an owl. It's a speckly, spotty, flecky sort of pattern, almost like houndstooth, if you know clothes, with black and white patches and markings. It's actually the perfect camouflage, which is why so many young of so many species are born all speckled and speckled and the kind of thing that would just blend in and not be seen when they're young and they can't defend themselves yet and other things are picking on them. So, yeah, so anyway, 17 in a tree was my record and that's when the salmon come in. Now, there's no salmon there now except for what's left over in the frigid waters from the last time, but there's new salmon coming and you can tell because the native fishermen are out on their boats in the river and uh, the eagles probably even more so know when the fish are coming because you're starting to see them on the banks again and see them as I drive my usual drive with my kids to swimming lessons and that kind of thing. So the drive to swimming lessons is amazing. I drive by over this dam and by this pond that for about two or even three months out of the year is just covered in pink beautiful smelling lotus flowers. The whole thing's just gorgeous. And uh, the rest of the time, and that's where I see the eagles before that pond and after that pond. So, so it's really nice drive. And it's through the mountains and windy roads and it's really pretty. Then you get down to the bottom where there's lakes. You drive by the lakes and then I'm into the next town. And that's my local drive. I give my kids pennies when they see horses or nickels if they see something more rare like a llama. That's not that rare around here, but I bet it's rare where you live. So we all choose where we live for different reasons. And today as the rain pours down, I wonder why I'm still here in the rainforest, trying to remind myself, talking about the eagles and the other things I get to see all the time. So I want to ask you something without looking it up. See if you can think about this. What animal do you think has the most similar fingerprints to a human? I'm going to give you a big hint. It is not a monkey. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's not even a relative of the monkey. No, it's not. No. Okay, you thought it was a monkey, and then you thought it was a gorilla, and then you thought it was an orangutan, and now you don't know what it is. So before the end of the show, I'll tell you what it is. But try not to look it up. Try and really think about this. What animal in the animal kingdom, and I was going to give another hint, but I've given too many hints already, do you think has a fingerprint most similar to our human fingerprint. 
Now, I wonder if they could lay a crime on this animal, <laughs> if they could actually use the fingerprints. I hope not. I hope we couldn't use their fingerprints instead of ours grafting in that, though. Oh, I don't even want to think about that because if there's a bad way to use animals, humans will come up with it. But I'm hoping they're different enough that it wouldn't, it wouldn't work to hide a crime. Anyhow, you guys can think about that all through the party. Have a little chat at the water cooler while I get on to some more pet topics today. So I have this cat, Sadie, and she's, everybody thinks of her as a kind of grouchy cat. Now, she's not actually grouchy, in my opinion. I've had her a very long time. About 10 years ago, before I ever had children, this place, Fraser Valley Animal Society, asked me if I would take her. They called me up and they said, there's this cat here that's completely unsuitable for indoor living. It needs to live in a barn. It needs to live outside. I know you have enough cats you've rescued from here before, but would you please take this one? I said, you know, I really don't want another cat. I've got too many house cats as it is. I want to still be able to foster them. It wouldn't be a good match. Oh, please. She escapes constantly. We're afraid she's going to get hit by a car. She really wants to be outside. Please take her. You can put her in your barn. You can put her in your garage. As long as you feed her and talk to her occasionally, she'll be happy. Okay. So I said, well, okay, I, maybe next week, maybe the week after. They said, no, we'll bring her to you. <laughs> That's always a bad sign. You know, you know you're taking in too many animals when that local shelter has you on their speed dial and they're bringing you animals. But also when they want rid of this thing so badly, they're going to drive it to you. That's a bad sign. But so actually for me, that's kind of a curious sign. I think, hmm, wonder how bad this cat is. So I uh, accepted and she came and I fed her in the top of the barn like I'd done before with barn cats. And everything seemed to be going okay. She seemed really affectionate when I took her out of the cage. She was beautiful, black, medium-haired female cat, purring, seemed to like me okay. Didn't want to be carried or lifted, but, you know, I didn't know her. She didn't know me. Most animals don't like to be hugged. Most animals don't like to be carried. So that's not true. I know you're saying my little dog loves it. Well, okay, some like it from people they know well, but most don't like it from strangers. Okay, so anyhow, took her in. Fed her in the barn, and three or four days later, this was summertime, doors and windows were open. I come up to make my bed, and (laughs) there she is sitting in the middle of the bed in the master bedroom, king-size bed, cleaning herself, sitting there on the bedspread, happy as I'll get out, thinking, this is my new house, this is my new home. I'm moving in. So, okay, ever since, she's sort of been the kind of cat. She's not an outdoor cat, like they said. She's an indoor-outdoor. I want to go in. I want to go out. I want to go in. I want to go out. She's one of those. One of those that'll drive you crazy. Meow, meow, meow. You open the door. She goes out for a minute, discovers it's raining, turns around. Meow, meow. (laughs) That's her. Never goes far. Always within, if you call her, she'll always come. She stays within the giant fences I have around the place where the dogs keep things like coyotes and wolves and bears and raccoons away. So she's, she's fairly safe in her life here, more safe than she would have been in a totally outdoor environment, which is what they had planned for her. But, she, um, but she's not very nice to other people. Now, she's fine to customers. It's kind of strange. People come up in the driveway, and if they don't have a dog with them, she'll run up and greet them and rub against them. If they do have a dog with them, she'll come halfway, then turn around and scoot up a tree like a bear climbing a tree, you know, two legs at a time. Very cute. But uh, she, um, but she doesn't like the people I live with, particularly my children. 
She didn't like them as toddlers. She didn't like them as little kids. She never really liked kids. And uh, she was pretty mean to one of my children. So I got some cat advice on air because I was really stumped. I tried a whole bunch of different things and ended up making a bargain with her where if I started feeding her meat and treats, she would stop harassing my daughter. And instead of letting my mother-in-law sort of chase her away, I would interfere with that and make sure that there was no conflict. My daughter could be escorted by her, but nobody was going to chase Sadie away or be mean to her because we didn't want her associating my daughter with the source of all this trouble, which is probably how it started in the first place. But anyhow, so now we've got a situation where she's fine with the kids. They can walk by her. They don't have to call me, Mommy, Mommy, Sadie's on the stairs. (laughs) Okay, that's all over. Everybody's getting along. I get the house renovated a little bit, had some flooring done, and the flooring guys left all the litter boxes outside and closed all the doors with three cats in here and two kittens. No litter boxes, food and water, thank God, but no litter boxes. Now, I was told by the flooring company that I should stay out the night because of the fumes and the smells and whatnot, that the rooms that they'd just done, I shouldn't be in. So I locked the cats where I thought they'd be safest. Well, when I came home the next day, those doors were all open. The cats were all over the house. And on my lovely new floors, there was a lot of mess. Now, the cats had no choice. They had nowhere they were allowed to go. Sadie Cat picked the one little bit of flooring they forgot to do in one of the rooms they were supposed to do it in. Little two foot by three foot step that they forgot to do that's still carpeted. So that's where she picked. And ever since, it's driving me mental. I've called them and I've called them, please come back and do it. Please come back and do it because she's, it's basically her bathroom now. And I have to put newspaper there and change it. Now, I'm a cat expert. This shouldn't be happening to me. I've had this cat for years and never had a problem with poops and peas and whatnot. But now, it's a terrible problem. So, the first thing I did was I thought, okay, she must have a real medical issue. So I started, I took a poop sample to the vet and they tested it for everything. And then I took her to the vet and they tested her for everything. And I'm still getting no answers. And so finally they tell me that they don't understand what's wrong, but it must be behavioral. Okay. So I'm trying to figure this out. Well, Sadie, when I have dogs who are pregnant, she follows me into the kitchen as I'm making their meals. And their meals are special. They get kibble, but they also get a lot of additives. They get things like eggs and meat and oatmeal that brings on their milk and keeps their milk flowing for nursing. And because most dogs don't like oatmeal, I flavor that with things like a scoop of wet canned food or gravy or bacon grease, just a small amount. Anyway, so I make this concoction for my pregnant and nursing moms. And Sadie is beside herself when I'm doing this, meow, 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 driving me crazy, wanting the canned dog food. So I decided to just try something completely different. And I've still kept the newspaper there. I'm still calling the flooring company. But because once it's scented, you just can't help but have them resent. You've got to get it out of there. Once the carpet's been used as a litter box, it has to be removed and the whole place vinegared and you have to start over. So, or you just get a habitual spot. It's been declared a bathroom. It's really inconvenient. It's on the way to the attic. It's in the middle of the room. I mean, it's terrible and it stinks. It's horrible. So I can't wait for them to replace it. But, um, but in the meantime, I'm kind of making a deal with her. I'm giving her a half a can of wet food 
every time I do this concoction for the pregnant mom and the nursing mom, which is morning and night, they get food in the middle that's just regular food with water. But this is their special (laughs) breakfast and their special dinner. So now she's getting her own special breakfast and special dinner. It's the same cat food I always fed her, but the wet form. I just decided, you know what? She was six, eight, ten years old when I got her, something like that. And that was ten years ago. So she's a really old lady. And she's put up with a lot of changes. Children, toddlers, play date visits. We have a swimming pool, so we often have a backyard full of kids that are coming in and out of the house. She's put up with an awful lot over the years, including dogs and puppies being born and now new foster rescue kittens. And the flooring day, she just had enough. So I'm going to try and make her happy again any way I can and hope that that solves our litter box problem as I wait for the flooring guys to do their job as well as I do mine. Isn't it frustrating when someone else lets you down? Someone that's a professional that's supposed to do a good job leaves you hanging? All right. Well, we'll be back in a minute with Animal Party on Pet Life Radio, and I'll be talking about dogs next. Oh, yeah, and keep thinking. What's the closest fingerprint to a human fingerprint in the animal kingdom? Be back in a bit at Animal Party. Because the best is yet to come. Stick around. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get six dollars off your order of sixty dollars or more, and up to forty percent off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of forty nine dollars or more. Six dollars off, up to forty percent off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco to get these. Awesome deals go to petcodeals.com. That's petcodeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. Betty White, what's the number one pet radio network in the world? Pet Life Radio. Season Milan, the dog whisperer. What radio network has over 5 million monthly listeners and over 50 pet talk shows? Pet Life Radio. Rachel Ray, where is the best place to reach potential customers if you have a pet business? Pet Life Radio. Put your business in front of over 5 million pet parents with a radio ad on Pet Life Radio, the award-winning number one pet radio network on the planet. Call our sales department today. Toll free at 877-385-8882. That's 877-385-8882. Or email us at sales at PetLifeRadio.com. Steve Wozniak, if Apple was a pet business, where would you advertise your eyelash on Pet Life Radio? Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. You're inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go! Hello! You're back on Animal Party with Pet Life Radio. And I kind of want to tell you already, but I'm not going to tell you. You have to think about it. What is the closest to the human fingerprint in the animal kingdom? It's not a monkey. Nope, 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 not a monkey. That would be too easy. Okay. <laughs> so, got a few questions here. 
Oh, I like this one. I see. I have so many questions from you at Pet Life Radio and from my other shows. They just come in on emails, and it's great. I'm at debwolf.net, deb at debwolf.net, uh, and you can hear shows there. And also, well, you can just go to Animal Party Pet Life Radio to hear all my old shows, and they're indexed by episode and topic. But you can also come find me on Facebook, Camp Good Dog on Facebook is where I put all the pictures of the puppies that are now four weeks old, three weeks old, two weeks old, one week old. We snap them every week. They're so cute. We show video. But we also show video of the dogs that are visiting here, romping in the forest, in the pond, in the snow, in the wet, in the dry, whatever we got, you see them. And they look so happy. And it's fun because it's completely random. They're not staged. You can tell. It's just dogs doing what dogs do when they're at a camp for dogs up in Canada in the rainforest with a big pond and field of their own. I swear they think they own it. They come here and they're like, this is the life. (laughs) My pond. There's this lab that used to come here and every single morning, she wasn't particularly active in her home. She was sort of a couch potato food hound kind of dog. Her name was Goldie. But here, every single morning, she would just line up at the fence and then as soon as you opened the gate, she would line up at the next gate. As soon as you opened that gate, she would not quite trot, but briskly walk right to the pond, and then she would just do laps back and forth and back and for up to a half an hour. Then she'd get out, she'd go up, want a nap again, <laughs> like her own personal swimming pool. Now, most of the dogs mess around. They chase each other, and they take turns peeing on things, and they wrestle a bit, and some go in the water, and some bark at those in the water, and some go half in the water, and, you know, some dig for things. Right now, there's, um, there's no frogs yet, but it's coming. And for dogs, the whole frog thing is like a big, huge mystery. Is it a fish? Why does it smell like both? It makes this crazy sound, just like a squeaky toy, which is why they like squeaky toys in the first place. Sounds like a wounded animal. But it dies under the water. Wait, who who would have thought that would happen? I've seen dogs chasing frogs, and it is really, really funny. They just can't get it. Sort of like watching a dog chase a flying squirrel, which we also have. They chase it up a tree, and they're all excited. And then the squirrel does its thing, and it jumps, flies over to another tree. And then it talks to them from like across the river. (laughs) And the dog goes, wait a minute. I saw you here. You were in this tree. You were in this tree. You were in this tree. And then he looks over and he goes, but you're in that tree. But you're in that tree. Oh, it's so funny. And they bark and they fuss. And um, it's just so funny. I love watching dogs and how they think. But I've got an email here with a question. I'm going to read it out. Didn't quite get to it. I meant to last time. Okay. So it's about Florida. This guy writes in about a dog named Rupert. And Rupert lives near Orlando Disney World. Not close, but near enough to Magic Kingdom for the dog's hearing, they think. Now, they said they just moved from the New York City suburbs on Long Island, where the dog would predictably go nuts every thunderstorm, but it was no big deal. But now in Florida, thunderstorms are all summer, and the dog can hear the fireworks at Disney, even though they are an hour's drive away. Is that even possible, he asks. The dog starts panting and freaking out when they do their sound checks. (laughs) Yes, it's possible, and only crashes hours later when their last show is done. He's a nervous wreck. We're almost thinking of giving him a way to go live back with our old neighbor or my sister. They loved him, he loved them, and he would get his old life back. What's the best choice? What can we do about this fear of fireworks? Wow. I feel really bad for Rupert. Well, there's a bunch of things you could do for Rupert. There's a rescue remedy that you could give him. There's sprays you could give him. There's the thunder shirt or thunder wrap. There's different products that are, that are made that make the dog feel like he's always um, being touched 
So it's like a tight, tight T-shirt that he wears. There's different things you can try with him and to take the stress out of this experience. But it's, um, I don't think it's going to be very effective. I think that you've, you, know, you would be able to make some progress if you were further away. An hour's drive may seem like a lot to you, but if it's mostly over echoing ponds and marshes and things like that, it's not that far to a dog. Dogs here a lot farther away than us. I know the stats on this are, are really surprising to me because they indicate that the dogs only hear four times greater than humans. And I find that very hard to believe, extremely hard to believe. They also hear in a greater range than humans. So do cats, by the way. Cats hear much higher range than even dogs do. But they, uh, you know, they say that dogs can only hear 400 yards away, but I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a minute. I have seen dogs that I have to collect and bring out to Maple Ridge because they lose it every time there's the, uh, the Festival of Lights uh, firework activity downtown in Vancouver. And it's done in the harbor between the downtown area and this swanky sort of urban suburb called Kitsilano. And uh, the dogs that I pick up to get away from that who freak out every time because it's twice a week for most of the summer. So they'll come and go for a couple of days here and there to just take the edge off. Maybe their owners will figure out something else for other times, like a vacation. But this way, these dogs are not just from that immediate area at all. They can be as far out as Surrey, which is miles away, which is, you know, 20 kilometers away. So I really don't believe that they are only able to hear this far. And with thunder, they have extreme sensitivity to incoming and ongoing storms and storms at a distance. So there's a lot I can help you with, with getting your dogs less afraid and less reactive to thunder and fireworks. But taking a dog who's seven years old and sort of catapulting him into a situation where he's, he's flooded with this every single night. I mean, his body is under an attack of adrenaline. The dog is going to live a short life and he's probably going to die early if you stay where you are. This is a lot for him. So in your email, normally I never agree with giving up a pet, but in your email, you talk about how you're still going to spend summers up in New York and you're still going to spend Christmas and Easter. And one of your kids is in college up there and actually stays in that family's house. There's a lot going on, which makes me think the dog would be so much better back in New York. You can get a new dog. Get a rescue dog in Florida that's already proven it's not afraid of fireworks and thunder if you're going to live where you can hear the Magic Kingdom every single night. So let your dog go back to his old life and his old home and his extended family and some of you, some of the time at least, let him do that because I think that's the best solution. I know that's a little controversial, but in your case... I think it's the best solution. So don't go get a puppy. Go rescue a dog where you know he's cool with thunder and fireworks. Okay, everybody. We're going to go to break and come back to the party in just a minute at Animal Party Pet Life Radio with Deborah Wolf. Don't leave this party before it's over because the best is yet to come. Only losers leave the party early anyway. Party on. Back in a few. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. 
Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Welcome to GoDaddy.com's Internet Cloud. First, get your domain name from GoDaddy.com. Then, make your business and personal internet dreams come true. Go to GoDaddy.com, use promo code PARTY101, and get a .com domain name for just $7.49. PARTY102 for 10% off your order. PARTY103 for $5 off $30 or more on any item. Or PARTY104 for 20% off one-year hosting plans at GoDaddy.com. GoDaddy.com, domains, websites, and everything in between. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to AudibleDeals.com. That's AudibleDeals.com. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a -a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. You're inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go! Hello! We're back at Animal Party Pet Life Radio. So that was my dog question of the day. I do have a cat question, too. I'm just hunting for it. Had a lot of dog questions this week. Okay, the cat question is... It's about Lily the cat. I'm still trying to find it. Lily, Lily, where'd you go? Our black cat named Lily returned from a long vet stay at the hospital. She's healthy now and back home, but none of the other pets in the house will accept her. What can we do for our former Miss Popular Lily, who is now shunned by the one house dog and four cats? All of them are rescues, and it's now like she's the black cat of the family or the black sheep, which of course she is. But before, they adored her, slept all together, curled up, and never had an issue. Now they want to run her off or out of sight. What can I do to get peace back? Poor Lily. Well, first I want to say this black cat, black sheep thing. The hardest animals to adopt out of shelters are black dogs and black cats. 
They're 10 times less likely to get adopted and 10 times more likely to be euthanized. Why is that? Are they worse? No, actually they're better. You have way more selection. If you go to a shelter thinking, I'm going to get a black dog today or I'm going to get a black cat today, your choices are huge because they don't show up well in pictures. They don't show well on the internet. And so they just don't have as many offers on them. When you look at a cage and you see a black face, it might look scary to you. Whereas something with spots or speckles might look cute to you. So they have to be a lot better behaved to get adopted. So if you find a black cat or a black dog at a shelter that's really nice and kind and lovey, take it. You've just found a really good pet and you're doing a true rescue. Okay, so here we go with Lily. Well, the thing is, the dog is just reacting to the other cats calling the shots and this particular cat behaving differently. So the dog isn't really part of the problem. What I suggest you do is just keep the dog away from the cat for now. Put the dog in another area or put Lily, the cat, in another area. Keep the dog away. Eventually, what we'll do at the end of this, when the, all the cats like each other again, bring the dog in on leash and teach the dog to be nice to all the cats again. Now, I know you say in your email that the dog is being nice to all the cats except Lily. So it's not a question of dog hates cats or dog thinks cats are prey. It's a question of everybody in the house is now treating Lily like a stranger. So when Lily stops raising her back and hissing and doing all the things that will make the dog react, it'll be easier to get the dog to treat her like an accepted part of the family again. But for now, we need to change the cat's minds. And what's happened is Lily came back smelling awful. She came back smelling like fear, like clinic, like chemicals, like medicine, not like herself at all. So everybody, and I mean everybody, needs a bath. They've all got to smell the same. Now, you may not want to give a wet bath to all your cats. I wouldn't, especially if I had four of them. What you might choose instead is either baking soda or cornstarch and a good brush. And what you want to do is powder the cat with either baking soda or cornstarch. If it's a greasy cat with a lot of mats, use cornstarch. If it's not, use a little baking soda. And what you do is you just sprinkle it on the cat and brush it through. You will neutralize all the odors that are on there and you'll start your cat off. You'll set it, sort of reset it back to smelling like itself. Plus, they'll all smell the same. Before you do that, though, take some old towels or blankets or whatever it is you you don't mind using and put them with the popular cats, the happy, well-adjusted foursome, threesome now. Put it with them and get it to smell like them. Particularly, you can rub it on their faces, right near their cheeks when they're petting with you and purring with you and happy because that's where they release their happy hormone. So get it all over the towels and stuff like that. And then once this baking soda is totally finished and the dog gets a bath too, you can give the dog a wet bath. And then after, when it's totally, totally dry, do the baking soda treatment or you can just baking soda the dog. Brush it, brush it, brush it because you don't want them going swimming with baking soda on there. (laughs) You don't want, especially with the cornstarch remedy, that would turn all, all like dough. So make sure you brush it out really, really well and don't use too much, but you're going to neutralize their odor. And then you're going to take those blankets that you had with your happy cats and really give your ostracized cat a good rub down. So she, Lily, smells like them again and they smell like her again. And you can even have them in separate areas for a little while and switch their bedding back and forth, back and forth, back and forth so they all start to smell like each other. Gradually, when you think you're ready, take your most happy, most easygoing cat. There's probably one fat, lazy, easy, happy-go-lucky guy in your group. Take him and put him in with Lily for a day. And after that's done and they're really good friends, you're probably ready to open the door and everybody will just get along again. Once they're getting along for a few days, 
time to bring the dog in on leash. I know it's not an easy process, but poor Lily, she needs your help now. Okay, everybody, that's it for Animal Party on Pet Life Radio this week. We'll be back very soon with another show for you. Keep those emails coming. And if you want to see me, you can go to Deborah Wolf. I have a page on Facebook, Deborah Wolf Pet Expert. I post lots of things there, mostly things that interest animal lovers. And also, I have some of my radio shows logged and some of the footage and photos at dubwolf.net. And then on Facebook, we've got Camp Good Dog, because Camp Good Dog's where you'll see the dogs and the puppies every week. And on YouTube, I've got 10 free clips of training. Deborah Wolf on YouTube, if you want to see me training dogs, well, there's seven training clips, how to, how to get your dog to be good with kids. That's right on there. So check it out on YouTube. And until next week, be good to your animals. From Deborah Wolf at the Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.